Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Bernardo's heads were turned for home, going up on the outside now. Bondi lockdown grabs, better call me. Down the outside, Beyond Delight runs on with Krug, but Bondi lockdown goes in a overdrive. Here comes Better Eclipse launching. Better Eclipse out after Bondi lockdown 75 to go better eclipse moves up puts the head in front starts to come away and the chariots is all over it's better eclipse beating bondi lockdown chevron up third and yeah, as we the said line. yesterday the biggest talk out of the chariots of fire as chris barsby joins me was the, the the second horse there bondi lockdown and the performance chris good morning steve good morning to you good morning everyone and what's the latest with him bondi will he get into the miracle mile field I think he has to, Steve, but uh, obviously Menangle officials are going to play the waiting game and they want to see these horses perform on Saturday night because we know the Ladyship Mile winner is likely to be invited or will be invited and we've got two sprint heats to be uh, contested there on Saturday night. Top two guaranteed from both of those races. So is there a spot up for grabs there for Bondi Lockdown? Uh, Bondi Lockdown? time will certainly tell but as we know steve racing queensland officials they're on the front foot and they've invited him he's the first horse invited to contest this year's the 2022 rising sun a race that's worth three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. but if a three-year-old wins there is an extra one hundred thousand dollars uh going the way of the owners there if they can win it with their three-year-old so he's the first horse invited we saw him here last year during our carnival he came up for a shot at the derby uh, he's going bigger and better than ever. So uh, that's the first big draw card for this year's Winter Carnival for Harness Racing mm. that Bondi Lockdown will be contesting the rising sun. Just before your first guess, there seems to be a lot of to- a big talking point about that first quarter. I mean, you look at it and you think, is that is that could that possibly be correct there in that Chariots of Fire of 24.3? It seems to be a bit of a mixed view. Some are saying it can't be right and some are saying, well, it's close to the mark. Yeah, that's right. Uh, It's a topic that uh, isn't going away as far as talk is concerned. And uh, as you outlined, some are saying it is right. Some are saying it's doubtful that it could be right. What do you say? I'm a little bit doubtful, given that the the, the semaphore board wasn't working there on the night for any race. And, you know, you can look at it many different ways. But uh, to to answer your question, I'm a little sceptical about that first quarter. Okay, I wonder what our first guest thinks of it. Yeah, I'll be fascinated to ask, and he's a great person to ask because he's an outstanding horseman, no doubt about it, a former world-driving champion, and uh, he's he's going to be playing a part this weekend uh, in one way or another with this big meeting at Menangle. Mark Jones joins us. Mark, good morning. Appreciate the time. Yeah, good morning. Your time, Chris. Happy to be here. Many, many racetracks right around the world. And uh, as we've said, uh, that time was uh, hotly debated there following that the chariots are fired. Do you think it's accurate? Do you think it's right? Uh, you probably have a wee bit of doubt over it, Chris. Like, you know, a lot of horses were in the mix in the, in the 24 quarter, which you may doubt could even run that. So um, you probably a wee bit of sceptical there because, yeah, a lot of them weren't driven hard for the entire 400 too. So, um, yeah, it's probably a bit of doubt in my mind anyway. I'll put it to you this way. If they're running a 24 and change quarter, you would think the field would be stretched out a lot further than what it was, um, you know, with that first quarter, because that just seems unbelievably fast tempo. So if that's the case, they should be covering a lot more ground than probably what that field was there on the weekend. 
Yeah, 100%. And you probably go back to when um, Hector JJ and that went extremely hard in their Miracle Mile and, you know, Lazarus and that were you know, 10, 15 lengths behind them and they're all in single files. So that probably just shows, you know, they went nothing near 24, so um, three. So it probably does show that the, the board was a wee bit out. Mm. I wanted to talk to you this morning about one horse and one horse in particular, the favourite, the odds-on favourite for the Ladyship Mile, Stylish Memphis. You put the polish on this mare and then you send her across to Australia and Sydney, there's no doubt, has been a happy hunting ground for her every time you've brought her or sent her to Australia. What is it about Stylish Memphis and Sydney in particular? Yeah, she just seems to love the racing style at Menangle, you know, the, the hard miles and that and you know, it's always hard in New Zealand. We draw hard, you know, draw wide in the races and over the distance they back off in the middle and go a lot slower. So um, she really suits that hard racing. Like she can stay and got very good speed and she just adapts over there and Jack does a great job with her. So, um, you know, she's in a great place and, you know, she does really enjoy that mile racing. She's now a five-year-old, 14 wins from 34 starts, but here in Sydney at Menangle, seven from 11. And she's the defending champ of this race and she's got barrier one. So... There's no guarantees in racing, but uh, she looks awfully hard to beat again this weekend. Yeah, she does look well-placed. You know, she's she's in, in the right zone and, and running great races, and she should be improved off last week's run. And, you know, she just um, she won a couple of group ones there before, and as I said, she is very happy there. So um, she's got a lot of things in her favour. Would you agree with that last start of victory? That was back on February 12th. She had no right to win that race, yet she was able to overcome all obstacles and record 150.6. It was probably one of her better wins throughout her career, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. And just knowing that she had a few hiccups leading, you know, after that race, we missed the week before. And, yeah, we, we thought she was very vulnerable and probably just definitely needed the run. So um, it was very pleasing to see her do that and just the way she did do it and picked them up pretty easy. So, um, yeah, she just shows what a quality mare she is. How would you compare it this campaign to last campaign? She won the Ladyship Mile last campaign, but was there any sort of noticeable change with Stylish Memphis when you when you sent her across this time in? Yeah, I think she um, she's definitely better this time in. Like she she had a bit of hard racing before the Cup week over here before November, and then had a freshen up and come over there a lot fresher. But she had a lot of groundwork, so um. You know, when she arrived at Jack's place, she wasn't on the way down. She's definitely on the way up. So um, I think that's a big thing. And, you know, she continued to improve where I think last time she had four runs leading into the ladyship in a row, which was always hard. And she's coming in better this time. So she's just bigger, stronger and, and better probably. Barrier one, uh, what was your initial thought when you when you learned that you've, you've got the inside gate? Because sometimes it can be a little bit difficult uh, if you're not blessed with brilliant gate speed. But how do you see it with with Stylish Memphis? Yeah, I probably just look at it as a starting point and, you know, you can't blame the draw to after the race, but, um, you know, we're, we're happy with one, like, you know, ideally you'd like two, but um, if we drew seven, eight, nine, we'd be, you know, just run things at the TV. So, um, no, we're happy with one. She's, yes, yeah, the shortest way around on the markers and I'm sure Jack's got options from there. So, um, you know, we're definitely better off there than 10. Well, looking at the market, your odds on at $1.75. Next in betting, Fairy Tinkerbell, four twenty. A mare that you beat two starts ago. You've got Spellbound at $9.50. Why, Nui Creek's in there, $26. Is there a mare that you're concerned about or you think it's her race to lose? Um, yeah, I've always been told the Aussies are great pundits, so hopefully they've got the market right. But, um, yeah, I think she's a horse to beat and, you know, I respect every horse in the race and, you know, they, they all deserve their 
place in the race. But um, to be honest, I'm probably just wanting no bad luck and every horse to have their chance. And I think if the best horse wins, I think she could be the one. Just looking at the pages of history, uh, Mark, uh, the last mare to go back-to-back winning the Ladyship Mile was a mare that you probably know well, TaylorMade Lombo, and that's back in the late 90s. Yeah, she was a great mare. I used to watch her when you know, she used to go to war with Christian Cullen, and you know, she was a champion mare. So um, you know, if we can go back-to-back and be you know, mentioned the same breath as her, you know, she's getting pretty good credit, Stylish Memphis, for that. If you win on the weekend, do you take your spot in the Miracle Mile like you did last year? Yep, definitely. We'll um, definitely line up the Miracle Mile if we're lucky enough to win this week. Okay. Thereafter, what are we looking at? Does she return home? Is Queensland, Brisbane an option with the Winter Carnival and those uh, rich races up the grabs? Yeah, I'm a trainer that always believe I'd do the best for my horse and the owners. And um, to be fair, she's best place in Australia, like whether someone wants us for the race in New Zealand is doubt, you know, doubtful. So she's got mere races in Sydney and ideally she'd probably have a freshen up and head to Queensland for the Winter Carnival and you know, some nice mare's races there. And yeah, she may have to take on the boys and the big one if her form's good. But at this stage, she's she's probably going to stay with Jack for you know another year or two at least. Okay. Has there been any sort of talk about getting her a slot for that new race, that the race at Cambridge? Uh, we've, we're just getting a wee bit of interest now that it looks like there's no three-year-olds um, going to start in the race. And, of course, with no three-year-olds, the mares will draw one. So, um, yeah, I guess a lot of people are waiting to see what she does this week. And, you know, if you draw one around Cambridge, is a big help. But it's, um, yeah, it's a long way to come back for one race and we've got to take on the free-for-all boys after that, which isn't really ideal. So it'd have to be a pretty good offer to come back for the for the race here. And the good thing about Australia, they've got very good mares races week in, week out, and you can pick your races and the opportunities for mares in New Zealand is very limited. So I think at this stage she's definitely um we start in Australia and you know Brisbane will definitely be on the plan in the winter. Well that's great to hear. Uh just on on, on you, uh, last week the sales over there, you, you splashed some cash buying a a really nice filly, hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a, another better's delight filly. Obviously you were really pleased with that uh, that type. Yeah, she was probably the standout fully for us in the book. It's um, from a fantastic family and a family that very rarely comes up and for sale at the sales. And we're building a broodmare band at home, which is you know, getting quite impressive. And yeah, we're wrapped in that too. She's got to do the job on the track. But um, at this stage, she ticks all the boxes. And, you know, we didn't buy, we only bought two horses and she was the one we got. So, um, yeah, we're pretty happy. Okay. It is a strong family though, isn't it? Yeah, it's a fantastic family. It goes back, you know, generations to Oaks winners and it just produces good horses after good horses and that's the first time the group one there has been to a better's delight. So um, she ticked all the boxes and she's a lovely filly and, you know, our plan is to have a broodmare band that we're producing the horses that people want to buy at the sales and, you know, that family definitely ticks that box. All right. Well, you're no stranger to Queensland and speaking of that broodmare band, Delightful Memphis, is she part of that band? Yep, she's in foal. She's got a colt by Always Be Mickey that'll go to sales this year. And, um, yeah, Plutonium Ladies, she's in foal to Always Be Mickey. And, you know, we've got La Rosa coming through, and she's probably one. If she's ready, she may even come to Queensland in the winter. She she missed a lot of the season through injury and hasn't raced as a four-year-old. So um, if we can get her back, you know, here in Scottish Memphis, might be going head-to-head in Queensland, hopefully. All right. Are you likely to make the trip yourself uh, if this Queensland campaign comes off? Yeah, it all depends on COVID, but if um, yeah, it looks like the borders will definitely be open by then, and 
you know, it's definitely a, a trip that I've, I've planned anyway and want to be there. And even if it is only stylish Memphis, I think you'll see me there in person for a week or two anyway and get away from this cold Christchurch winter. All right, great to hear, great to hear. Hey, really appreciate the time today. Good luck on the weekend with stylish Memphis. I'm sure Jack will give her every possible chance from that prime draw. And uh, hopefully that gains her a uh, spot in the Miracle Mile and uh, she'll be uh, there with the big boys. It's going to be a, a great period. And uh, then we look forward to seeing you in Queensland. But I really appreciate it today. Anytime, Chris. Appreciate your time. There's Mark Jones, champion horseman from Christchurch, joining us, a former world driving champion as well. That was back in 2003. That is going to be a ripping race, the Mayor's feature, on Saturday night. And those sprint races are also going to be keenly contested to talk more about it. Joining us from Harness Link now, as she has over the past couple of weeks, Amanda Rando, and she's online with us now. Amanda, appreciate the time. It's a pleasure as always, just, uh, you know, even just a pleasure to talk about these races. They're fantastic races we've got at Menangle this Saturday night, four Group 1 races, and obviously, as you just mentioned, those key um, Miracle Mile qualifiers and this Ladyship Mile. Okay, well, let's talk about last week before we talk about this week. The Chariots of Fire, record time, fastest ever Chariots of Fire, fastest ever first quarter. Do you believe it? Because it's been... Uh, a big talking point uh, ever since Saturday night, 24-3, that opening split. Are you a believer? I am a believer. I've actually got goosebumps now just, you know, thinking about that race. It was just sensational to see, and it's unbelievable. Even just looking at that 24-3 now, um, it's I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. And, you know, they've, they've run those kind of times in North America, America before, but to see that happen down under... Um, and, you know, you've got to really praise Bondi Lockdown. He was part of that early speed battle and he wasn't that far off the winner at the end of it. It was a huge run and, yeah, an age record too uh, to add to that. So uh, 147.6, they don't go much faster. No, absolutely. So the question is, Bondi Lockdown, they've decided to skip this weekend. Does he get a start? Will he be invited? So look, there's no guarantee, and we know in the past, ever since the Miracle Mile's inception, there's always been controversy around um, horses being invited or not invited that people think they should have. So the question is, have connections of Bondi Lockdown jeopardised his chances? Uh, basically, there's two wildcard options uh, for the Miracle Mile. So the Newcastle Mile winner goes straight in, the Chariots of Fire winner goes straight in, so there's two spots. Um, the first two home in the this Saturday night's heats, uh, the, the sprint races, the Allied Express and Schweppes uh, Cup sprint, uh, they go in and the directors may give an uh, invitation to the Ladyship Mile winner. That's up to their discretion. And then if they did that, then there's basically only one spot left. So is that Bondi lockdown? Who knows? What The question... I have is if they come out on Saturday night in these heats and break the the track record there of uh, my field marshals and go faster than 146 and change, surely the horses in that run would get priority in the Miracle Mile. So it's very interesting. Um, look, you'd love to see Bondi locked down in the race just on how huge he was. But on this, this Saturday night, if they produce fireworks and some, you know, brilliant race, uh, he, he could be jeopardised. Okay. Then that being said, with the Ladyship Mile, if 
if Stylish Memphis doesn't win, does any other mare get a start in the Miracle Mile? I guess it would depend on the times they run and the performance they produce. So it, it all really depends on what happens. I don't think it's guaranteed, and I think that's why the directors of Club and Angle have put that in the race conditions. It's it's not set in stone as the Newcastle Mile and Chariots of Fire and whatnot. So it will be very interesting to see you know, what, what plays out uh, in, the, in that Ladyship Mile or a.k.a. Queen Elizabeth Mile on Saturday night. Mm. I mean, with the market already, Bondi Lockdown was six fifty yesterday. It's now five dollars, third favourite, but still not guaranteed a start. Mm, yeah, no, it's very interesting. So look, a lot of people, and even I agree, I feel like he, especially after last week's effort, does deserve a spot. But in saying that, it just depends what they produce in these sprints on Saturday night. Most importantly, the weather forecast. What does it look like down there in Sydney? We've got wet weather predicted here in Brisbane over the next couple of days. Uh, just looking at Grafton right now, it's it's very wet. So is the forecast pleasing or is it uh, not so kind? It doesn't look fantastic, to be honest. Um, the track at Menangle has stood up really well. They raced there yesterday. They've trialled there today and it's probably one of the best wet weather tracks we've got going around in New South Wales. So very rarely, I think, in my time have I seen a, a race meeting cancelled. So that might affect the slip times. Uh, I'm based about 45 minutes out of Menangle and where I am, where yesterday it was torrential rain and um, by the time I got out to Menangle, it was, it was clear. So uh, Sydney's been a very funny place the last few days and this week looks like it's going to be the same uh, but hopefully the harness racing gods are shining down on us and, and the track stands up well okay let's talk about this mayor's feature stylish memphis 175 with tab right now the last mayor to go back to back winning the ladyship mile was the great tailor-made lombo in 1998 1999 so she's looking to uh, etch her name into the uh, history of uh, pages here stylish memphis but she clearly looks the horse to be, doesn't she? I think so. Uh, I was a, a bit concerned with Barrier One, but I, I reached out to Jack Trainer, her trainer driver, and you know he said it's the shortest trip home. And he actually said, I think a few people would be surprised how quick this mare can come out of the gate because we don't actually see her fly off the arm. He sort of saves her up for one crack at them, and she's so brilliant with that last dash. So I think she's got a lot of options from Barrier One because there's plenty of speed from mares like Manui Creek and Fairy Tinkerbell, who we saw come out in 26 and change last week and still had something at the end. So, uh, you know, if they fly off the arm in that first 200 metres, Jack might just ease back and get off the pegs or he might go into the battle as well, just depending how it all plays out. So, look, I, I think... Stylish Memphis is the class runner. We heard Luke McCarthy say last week when he won on his mare, Ferry Tinkerbell, he said that Stylish Memphis is the best mare in the country. So you can't take that lightly. And as for this mare in her track work, Jack Trainer said that he's just absolutely stoked with where she's at and he couldn't be happier uh, heading into this race. So that was really promising for me. Okay, well, let's now focus our attention to the sprint heads. We're talking with Amanda Rando from Harness Link. The Swept Sprints is race number four coming through on Saturday night, Amanda, and the McCarthy stable is set to dominate here. The favourite at this point with Tab is Spirit of St. Louis 220 and expensive ego. All of a sudden, he's the, 
the mystery horse because no one knows where he's at right now. He was disappointing, no doubt, at Newcastle last week. He sits on the second line of betting at $4, triple eight, five dollars also backing up from the Newcastle mile. Who takes the swept sprint on Saturday night? Yeah, it's a very interesting race. And yeah, as you said, there's a lot of um, a lot of questions up in the air, aren't there, with, with these horses going into this race. So, uh, look, you can't underestimate any of them and even expensive ego. Uh, you know, his run didn't look that crash up. We've definitely seen him produce stronger efforts at the races and what he produced in the Newcastle Mile last week. But... Uh, he ran 26-3 his last quarter, so it was a pretty good effort. And then when you consider where the first four horses come from in that race, they all came from the pegs. And I think what what made him look as bad as you know some people thought he did was that that second quarter was so slow, and and he just basically couldn't get into the race. So he still come home in 26-3 and finished out of the money. Um, but yeah, look, I read a report about expensive ego uh, just this morning and Luke McCarthy said in the media that he's definitely going to be putting him into the race so expect him to you know not be sitting back in the field despite drawing wide in that barrier 10 he should come out of barrier 8 with the removal of those first two emergencies um, but yeah he's I think we'll see a better horse my tip though for this race is the three triple eight I think he's great value um, he's currently at $5. He's actually blown out a little bit with tab fixed odds. But I just think he just draws so well. He finished sixth in that Newcastle mile last week, but his sectionals were the fastest of the race. He came home in 53.6. So I just think he's just drawn so much better. He'll come out of barrier two with the removal of that second emergency. So I just think he's going to be so close to the action. Uh, you obviously... I still respect the 10 expensive ego. I think he's going to be a huge danger. And I think he'll be better again for that run at Newcastle. Prior to that, he missed a couple of weeks of racing because he was scratched out of the Hunter Cup. He travelled back up to Sydney from Victoria. So he had a lot going on. So I think he'll, fit race fitness-wise, I think we're going to see a better horse again. So just hopefully he's back to his best. Spirit of St. Louis, there's been money for him as well. So, you know, you can't underestimate his current form. He's taken out all those country cups in Victoria and ran a great second in the Hunter Cup. But a little fact, this horse hasn't won a race at Menangle. So that's an interesting one for me. And uh, another one to keep an eye on in this race is the eight lineup. Uh, I think he's a very classy horse. He actually trialled at Menangle today just to get a bit of fitness. Um, I think ran third in the trial. But he won first up from the spell. Uh, last week uh, or the week prior and uh, I think we'll be better again. So, yeah, very interesting race, Chris, uh, but that's the way I see it falling. Okay, so that's a, uh, a heat that's loaded with value, no doubt. Amanda likes triple eight and value there with lineup. What about the Allied Express? This is a completely different kettle of fish. We've got a clear favourite here with King of Swank, who's chasing three straight miracle miles and uh, it looks tailor-made for him on Saturday night coming up with gate two as a result he's very skinny at 135 with tab fixed price yeah and you know he drew barrier two in last year's uh, sprint race he's in the Shrek sprint last year and he obviously came out and won that so yeah no horse has won three miracle miles before so if he happens to qualify uh, on Saturday night, uh, it would be fantastic to see and a great story for, for him to be in that Miracle Mile and hopefully create that history. Uh, this race, 
very open as well, aside from King of Swing. There's been a big nibble for Cruz Bromac. He opened at $15 and is into $6.50. And then a few others that are bigger in the market. I think the barrier draw of King of Swing, though, makes him very close to unbeatable. Uh, he was sensational winning the Hunter Cup. And, yeah, he just he just gets so much respect. And Luke McCarthy certainly has plenty of options from that draw. Uh, there's a few others in there that I think are worth keeping an eye on. I really like the 11 Balraj. I know he's drawn out wide. Uh, he's going to need luck, but if the speed's on, he'll be right in the race. And we just we saw him flash home in that Newcastle mile uh, last week to finish second. He wasn't beaten far at all. He was just winding up over the line. And that was his first start back since the Inter-Dominion. So I think we're going to see a better horse again on Saturday night. And uh, I had a chat with Jason Brinson regarding Bonsell Benjamin, who obviously uh, finished eighth in the Newcastle Mile last week after sitting outside the leader. He was really happy with his hit out at Menangle this morning and felt really sharp. So I think that's promising from the camp. Um, so I think he's one you can't rule him out just yet off that run at Newcastle. Newcastle and uh, for a smoke in I don't think he can win but I think a bit of place uh, a place odd um, is the one the Black Prince I think he's just drawn so well in this race on Saturday night so they're the, the horses I'll, I'll be following in that Allied Express sprint. Okay I'm glad you mentioned Jason Grimson did he give um, any sort of preference for Cruz Bromac or Bonsell Benjamin he's facing a, a difficult challenge Bonsell Benjamin drawn out where he is but uh, he's a lot better than what he showed there first up at Newcastle last week. But did he give a preference, Cruz Bromack or Bonsell Benjamin? No, he did not. But um, if you, I think the market speaks volumes. You, you've got to follow yeah. that money. But as for Cruz Bromack, look, he's been great with Jason Grimston. He's won his two starts in split time. This is his toughest challenge to date with Jason uh, in this preparation, but he does have a really good draw. So it is going to be interesting to see what tactics they play with this horse if they decide to come out. Uh, I also think with Bonsell Benjamin, I still think he's the fastest horse out of the gate in this race. So I think that will play to his favour on Saturday night if Jason uh, and Josh Gallagher, the driver, decide to go forward again. Uh, or they could be a bit gun-shy after what happened in the Newcastle Mile. But I, I believe Bonsell Benjamin is the quickest horse off the arm in that heat. So I think he's, if they go forward with him, I think they'll put him in that race. So, yeah, very interesting. Jason didn't lean either way. Um, but, yeah, you've got to respect that money trail, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And just quickly on the New South Wales Oaks, the other group one there for the three-year-old fillies, are you with Madrid or the, the Victorian train fillier more Vita? Oh, that's a really tough one. I think look, Madrid, she's just drawn so well, hasn't she? She's drawn barrier four, so um, she looks the leader and I can't see her handing up. So, she, you know, that means Amora Vita will most likely be outside the leader. So it'll be a really good clash. Uh, I'm sticking with the local field in Madrid. Okay. Amanda, we're going to read a lot more in lead-up to Saturday night's huge program from Menangle, and then you'll have all of the coverage post-race on Saturday night as well with harnesslink.com. That's your one-stop shop. Really appreciate the time again. I look forward to chatting again next week when we're on Countdown for the big dance itself, the Miracle Mile. Yes, I can't wait. I'm very excited. Uh, no, it's a pleasure to be on. Thanks, Chris. Amanda Rando joining us from Harness Link, and that's where you can find out all the information for this big meeting coming through on Saturday night. A lot of other information also available through harnesslink.com. Darren Clayton joins us every Wednesday.
and he's going to give us uh, something to follow tonight and hopefully fill our pockets uh, for Saturday night's big meeting. And he's online with us now. Darren, appreciate the time. No problems, Chris. Good to be on. We have got a 10-race program. It looks like it could be a wet night ahead here in uh, in the southeast, but uh, hopefully you've got the uh, the right horses to follow for this meeting. So where do we find your best bet? Yeah, the best bet will be a bit later if we happen to get there, and uh, it's in race eight, and it's horse eight feeling the power. Uh, the money's already come for this horse. He's been completely luckless. Probably his last four or five runs, he just keeps finding traffic. He's... Uh, there was one run there where he just couldn't get a crack at them. He was back in the pack last time. He gets the right trip this time and finds some open road. He's surely got to win this race. Race eight, number eight, feeling the power, just needs to get out of traffic. Okay, currently 260 with tab fixed price, and that's the last leg of the quarter. So we might be able to uh, go skinny there in that last leg. What else appeals for you tonight? Yeah, a bit earlier in the night, um, and it is in, just lost what race I had it in. It is in race number three, and it's horse number seven, Last Saffron. Follows out a quick beginner in Oyster Stride. Uh, it was a pretty good run first up from a from a let-up for Last Saffron. He was wide off the track. The, the pace was on up front, and he was pretty solid to the line wide out, especially around that home bend. He was five and six wide. He's got a good record where he tucks in behind the speed. His last win came by the passing lane and gets to that passing lane with some momentum here. I think he'll take some stopping. Race three, number seven, last saffron. Okay, 280 with tab right now. So let's focus on the quaddy. Races five, six, seven and eight. There are our quaddy legs, the main quaddy tonight. Race five, the opening leg looks fairly open. How many do we need to play? Yeah, it does look open and... Uh, just looking at this one, Chris, I had number five, the Rag and Bone Man, on top. Now, he's still in the market at $5, but the Harness.org site is showing him as a scratching. So um, maybe just a little one to keep an eye on there. So with him out, it probably sets up the tact-filling miracle. Um, she's been a model of consistency of late, hasn't been too far away. I think from gate two, she's in the right, the right position, I Thought Handsome Harry didn't have much go his way last start. Uh, might just get some better luck here. And number seven, Gabby's ideal. She draws to get the right trip there down on the fence. So we'll go three runners there, numbers two, seven, and nine. Okay, two, seven, nine. A bit of value there with those uh, bottom two there, number seven and nine. Uh, certainly with nine anyway, Handsome Harry, he's big double figure odds. So put him in for that uh, first leg of the quaddy. Race six, which kicks off the treble. How many do we play here? Yeah, this is a really open race as well, Chris, and I think you could... I'm certainly going to be playing this one pretty wide. Uh, wedding night, no favours out in gate four, but uh, she should be better suited this time. Um, the 2040 might have just been a bit too long for her last time out. She was only beaten five metres, but uh, that's a handy enough effort. Just where they position early here is a little bit of a concern, but uh, we'll throw her in. Number seven, Little D, she'll be tucked in behind... Um, was only three metres away last time after being sent forward and doing some work, so she'll need a bit of luck. Number five, 45 Rock. He was probably a little bit uh, disappointing on face value last time out, but maybe just went a little bit too hard in the in the middle stages, and that left him unable to finish it off. If they can control the speed a little bit, he's a go-forward horse. And number eight, Gretel's Girl. Um, 
tricky sort of gait for her. She's probably better suited up near the speed, but she can press through. She should be there about. So play it wide, and uh, you could certainly play wider, I think. I'm going four, five, seven, eight. Four, five, seven, eight there in race number six. Race seven, which wraps up the double. Uh, Favourite here currently, Mr. Decorum, but again, it looks fairly open. Yeah, another really tricky one. I've got Mr. Decorum on top. I thought if he got to the front, um, he might just prove a little bit hard to run down from out there. Um, Not a great deal of frontline pressure should he get there easily enough. Um, I think if there's a danger, perhaps number six, talking control, even though she's drawn wide, um, is certainly a race that she can be a factor in. Uh, the ODM embargo against her name certainly does her name favours. I think throw in circle line, he's been going pretty good and, and had some rough gates of late, um, the latest of those from gate five, so he can settle handy. And number seven, Jack Be Quick, um, gets no favours in gate seven, likely to be tucked away, but uh, if he should happen to get a crack at them at any stage, this is his third run back from a spell. He should be fitter and, and ready to perform in a race like this. So we'll go numbers two, three, six, and seven. Two, three, six, and seven. Then do we bring it home with just feeling the power in race eight? Yeah, I'm happy to go one hour with him. Like I said, I think he's been... He's been a tragedy beat in his past couple. Um, and even before that, he was a really good thing beaten in those. Just needs uh, the tiniest rub of the green in the run and to uh, to pull out him and make his run. I think he's too good for them. Race eight, number eight, one out, feeling the power. Okay, so just repeating your quaddy numbers tonight. First leg, two, seven and nine. Second leg, four, five, seven, eight. Third leg, two, three, six, seven. And we bring it home with number eight, feeling the power. And that's your best bet tonight. Currently 260 with Tab. The other running you like is race seven, uh, race three, number seven, Le Saffron. He's currently at $2.80. Darren, I've got to ask, the announcement was made this morning, uh, racing Queensland with the, uh, the Tab Constellations being held at Albion Park in July. They've invited Bondi Lockdown as the first horse for the rising sun for 2022. Uh, how does that sit with you? And if you could invite a horse, a three-year-old or a four-year-old for the Rising Sun, which way would you go? Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's great that they've got on the front foot here and and given Bondi lockdown an invite. Um, surely he gets he gets a spot in the Miracle Mile, regardless of the situation there. And I guess the only the only way that he probably misses a start in the Miracle Mile is if say, King of Swing were to get knocked off in his heat uh, the sprint this week, well, then he would be an automatic invite, and that would be the only way I could see Bondi lockdown missing out. But um, we're talking some very serious what-ifs there. So um, with him in the Miracle Mile, I think it's great that we've got a four-year-old. He's performed up here. He's Aaron Dunn's obviously making the commitment to come back up to Queensland. We saw him here last season and went around in the derby. Didn't have much luck there. So I think it's a good way. Good way. He's really progressed since that Queensland trip last year too. Won a couple of uh, Group 1 races. So um, that run the other night, enormous. So I'm, I'm quite happy that he's got a spot. If we're looking at one that um, perhaps we could give an invite to, I'd like to see a horse like a Cooter, three-year-old uh, from New Zealand, get a start uh, or an invite straight up because um, 
you know, he's in the right stable and he's also a very talented horse. So yeah, pushing Chris's um, buttons now. I've got a new one. Have you? Yeah, I've got a new one. If I was inviting a horse, I've got a new one. I want to see a cooter. Don't worry about that. I'd like to see him there. But if we're going to invite another horse, I've got a new horse, and that horse is a Victorian by the name of Catcher Wave. Uh, Andy Gath prepares this guy. Uh, he's only been beaten once, six wins from seven starts. He's a, a proven Group 1 performer. In fact, he's a last start Group 1 winner, taking out the Breeders' Crown. But I think there's a bit of uh, upside with this guy, and I think there's a bit of spark about him as well, X-Factor. So if we were going to invite two three-year-olds, I think a cooter and catch a wave certainly have to be at the top of our lists. Yeah, definitely in, in that three-year-old category. And we've got Bondi Lockdown now already in there as a four-year-old, and I guess... Um, out of that chariot of fire, um, there's probably a few that could push their push their um, case for a nomination. Better Eclipse, he became the, the fastest uh, Australian bred performer there with that victory in the chariot of fire. So you'd expect that uh, he could possibly get a get a call up. And I guess if you look at it from a, a racing perspective, sort of thing, and, and from a draw, you get a horse like Better Call Me. Uh, who set up that early speed, he'd certainly make it a, uh, an exciting race early doors. Yeah, well, I think he's definitely headed this way uh, regardless. I think Matty Craven's building a, a really strong team for that uh, Tab Constellations here in Queensland in July. Better call me. Uh, he's got uh, the very good three-year-old Colt stepping out. He's a son of a gun. He's got another one that he's just purchased from New Zealand, Paulie D. So I'm sure he's building a nice team to, to head to Queensland. He, he loves competing here. Who knows? We might even see Pink Galaz coming back as well. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting, uh, and it's good to see there's a bit of chat about uh, our carnival already, and there's, you know, a fair bit of time and a fair bit of water to go under the bridge. But uh, interesting. But Bondi Lockdown is going to be here. Issued that invitation this morning. Darren, as always, really appreciate it. We've got a fair bit to talk about on Friday. It's a big Team Teal theme race night coming through at Albion Park on Saturday night. And uh, just looking back at the results over the past week, the girls here certainly doing their part for that great cause. Yeah, aren't they what? And, uh, Saturday night, uh, they've done a, a super job. I think was it seven of the 11 winners for, for the ladies. So Talia McMullen, McMullen leading the way with three, Narissa with two and... Uh, Trista Dixon got one, Chloe Butler got one, and uh, apologies to the other one that I can't think of off the top of my head. I know the McMullins had a big night as well. They won seven of the 11 races last Saturday night too, with Pete getting that double. So they certainly had a huge night well, out there last Yeah, not only, not only that, Chris, though, I think they've all, they all sort of shared it around. There was a, a Talia and Pete um, Cornella. There was a... Uh, the, the three of them trifected a race. It was Talia, Pete, Narissa, and then Narissa's drove a winner for... Uh, sorry, Talia's drove a winner for Narissa. It was it was all happening. It was the McMullen show there on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk more about this Saturday night on Friday when you join us again, but really appreciate it today. No problems, Chris. Thank you.